Welcome in to the Rock Talk Studio, the ultimate review of rock and roll books, documentaries, and movies. Today I'm going to be taking a look at the book Play All Night by Bob Beatty. It's a story of Dwayne Allman and the journey to Fillmore East. Is this book worth your time and money? Well, in the next 15 minutes of this rock and roll conversation, I'll definitely answer that question. And I promise to deliver it to you with all the passion of Jim Morrison's rising mojo. I'm your host, Big Rick. Let's plug in. So here's how the show is set up. I'm going to do three main sets today. The first set is the review and discussion of the book, and then I'll give it the official Rock Talk Studio rating, which also comes with either a recommendation or a hard pass. Second set, that's where I go a little bit deeper and explore what type of fan is going to like this book. So let's say you're a Dwayne Allman fan or a fan of the Allman Brothers. I know there's I mean, there's a few books out there on the Allman Brothers, but I'm going to explore what a true fan might find is different about this chapter of Allman Brothers lore. And then I'll flip it around and look at, you know, if you're just a casual fan, is this going to be worth checking out? Third set, I'm going to do Who's Better Than This? It's a comparison piece. And this one is probably one of the hottest debates I've got on my social media. So get ready for that one. And then like every good rock and roll show, I've got an encore for you. So if you like Dwayne Allman, you like the Allman Brothers, I've got a great suggestion of one more thing to check out. All right, let's get into the first set. Time for the review. There was a time, believe it or not, when the Allman Brothers band were not reaching the masses and couldn't even seem to put out a successful record. I mean, I know that's really hard to believe considering the mark they made and left on the rock and roll landscape, especially especially since that first Allman Brothers had classics on it. There was Dreams on that record, Trouble No More, Whipping Post. Writer Bob Beatty took a really interesting angle to tell this story, Play All Night. There are a few books out there already about the Allman Brothers, but none that took this specific approach. And what he did was he chose to place the spotlight on Dwayne Allman and focus how Allman wasn't swayed by record sales or big money or million selling records, but how he was more interested in building a band that thrived on you know live jam and encouragement from the crowd that started following them in the South. This story furthers the mythos of Dwayne by pulling back the curtain and focusing on his continual pursuit of this band he longed to be in. Beatty's a confessed big fan of the group, but he's able to write for the fans and like a fan with a historian love of facts. And that is that is what this book is. It's a finely construed collection of interviews, reviews, recollections. There's quote from band members. And it chronologically marches from the beginning of the band up until their triumph and breakthrough of the iconic. And I'm just going to come right out and say it, best live album ever. And Allman Brothers at Fillmore East. And I said that on one of my social platforms, TikTok, and I have never received more comments to any post I've ever made. So I get it. Best of lists are always a tough conversation. But to me, and definitely to the writer of this book, there's no better live recording. What I like about the angle Beatty chose to use for this book is that you get a really great sense of what Dwayne Allman was trying to build because he was he really was a visionary and you, and you get to progress along with him as the pieces start to form around what he hears in his head. And this vision was of putting together this band. And that was his thing. It was the band, the band, the band. And even though Dwayne was a great player and at an early stage of his career, I mean, he was in his like early 20s. Unfortunately, he died at 24, which was like four days after the record was certified gold. 
But he was he was just getting started and, and he was just getting recognized and praised for his studio work that he was doing at the famed Muscle Shoals studio. You know, he was working with like Wilson Pickett, Clarence Carter, King Curtis, and Aretha Franklin. But that didn't really seem to deter him. He, he was really focused on the band and how each player would contribute to the whole. And it was about improvision. And, and Beattie does a really good job of laying how, out how Allman and eventually the, the band he put together were able to navigate the times and the roadblocks they faced to get the sound they love to play. And, and you get a really good sense of what it was like to be, you know, to be a long-haired musician from the South I mean, Florida specifically is where most of them are from, and to be in an interracial band. And you have to remember, this was back in the late 60s. And this portion of the story played a big part in the overall theme of the book. I mean, how could it not? But Dwayne and the band, once it finally came together, really let nothing stand in their way. And it's a story about a band who just wanted to play, who loved the interaction between each other as musicians. And, and they played a lot, even for free at times. And it was just really to enjoy live environment and to hone their chops as a band. And looking back over time, it, it makes sense if, if you follow it that a live album should should be the next logical step in their progression. But back then, trying to convince a record label and management really wasn't that easy. Phil Maurice was a game changer on, on many levels. Bill Graham, the famous promoter, saw something in this band. And it's akin to what he saw in The Grateful Dead and the parallels of these two Bands are explored in the book, and it, and it makes sense that Graham was the one who booked the band at the at the Fillmore for the recordings, and and what they pulled off from a weekend of shows. I think it was like twenty eight songs they recorded. Seven of them ended up on this double live album that allowed the band to really stretch out, jam, and deliver the sound they heard in their heads, heart, and soul. To be along for the ride, to see exactly how it came together and why it came together, it's one of the strengths of this book. Kudos. To writer Bob Beatty for presenting a lot of material, a lot of historical facts, but in a way that drew me in and kept me interested on every page. Coming up next is the rating for the book, Play All Night. We're going to put our official Rock Talk Studio stamp on this book. Have a question, a different opinion? Hey, who doesn't? We're talking rock and roll here. I get it. And shout out to me, Big Rick, at info at rocktalkstudio.com or visit the website to see the past episodes that I've done. And that's at rocktalkstudio.buzzsprout.com. Would you like more recommendations other than what is featured on my podcast? Well, here's how to get them. Every first of the month, you get two rock docs, one rock and roll book recommendation, and one what I call oldie but goodie, something that's still out there streaming in an email that I sent out. So if you want the answer to you know, what should we watch tonight? Drop me an email at info at rocktalkstudio.com or, or you can DM me at any of my social media channels. I'm listed at Rock Talk Studio on all of them and I'll send you over a couple of good recommendations. All right, let's stamp the official Rock Talk Studio on play all night. And here's how the rating system is set up. A number one rating is a front row center ticket. It doesn't get any better than this. I mean, this is to get a one, the book has to set itself apart from other rock and roll memoirs somehow. It has to be unique in its delivery. It has to come from an unused, engaging angle, and it has to leave you kind of stunned after digesting it. Number two is a load seat, and this is a good review. It can range for highly recommended, or it can even be a just okay. And number three, you're in the nosebleeds, baby. 
Play All Night, Dwayne Allman, and the Journey to Fillmore East is a two. It's a load seat. It's a great load seat. It's the best load seat in the house. This is a great read. A great read, and I highly recommend it. This is a well-written rock and roll book. And now it's time to see if this book is for you. You've heard my opinion. Now I want to go even further with breaking down the book and to see if it if it plays for you. So let's see what that looks like if you're a fan or just a casual fan. And let's start with with fan. A fan, yes, absolutely yes. An Almond Brothers fan, this is an important part of their history. And this story is told with passion and insight. I really enjoyed kind of being kind of being behind the scene as the band's destiny unfold. If you're an Almond Brothers fan, I would say this book is not to be missed. And an Almond Brothers fan, to me personally, I enjoyed every page. So that's it for a fan now. But what about a casual fan? I always like to talk about a casual fan. You know, if you're you're a casual fan, if you know a little bit about their other Almond Brothers, to me, if you're interested in learning about the early years of the band, how this band came together, you will get a great intro to the Almond Brothers. And what I like also about this book is it moves along at a really nice pace and even talks about how the band progressed after Dwayne's tragic death and the recording of the record. The story is, it's about following your vision and sticking to it no matter what, no matter how much it goes against the grain. And for any fan, I think that's what makes this such a great book. Now, before we move on, I wanted to share what I've been reading and watching and what you can expect in the next few shows. Secret Stars, a book about 10 underdogs of rock and roll, a really unique perspective that is going to lead to a great conversation. I know it's going to be a great podcast. That's going to be the next show. And speaking of Almond Brothers, I just got an advanced copy of the new Almond Brothers book, Brothers and Sisters. That book's coming out in July. It's from the New York Times bestselling author, Alan Paul. And with Play All Night and this new book, I am totally in Almond Brothers heaven. And I'm really close to announcing a special show where I'll actually have Alan Paul on for an interview. This is my first interview on Rock Talk Studio, so I'm super pumped, a little nervous on the recording end, but very, very excited to talk Almond Brothers with Alan Paul. Coming up next is the third and final set, which will be a Who is Better Than This segment, and get ready for the big debate. So as I mentioned earlier, you're trying to pick out, you know, a list of the greatest whatever, greatest guitarist, greatest female vocalist, greatest live album. It's tough. It's a it's a conversation, it's a debate. And everybody has their own personal list. So I'm going to give you my personal list of all-time greatest live albums. That doesn't mean they're the best, but I think they are. And in my world, they are. Number one, I'm going to, again, say, and I'm going to give it up to Brothers at Fillmore East. To me, this is the best live recording. But let's get into the rest of them. Number two, Bob Dylan, Rolling Thunder Review, is one of my all-time favorites. It's such a great album. It's just got a great gypsy feel where Dylan had all these people with him, Joan Baez, um, Rob Stoner. He had, um, uh, had Bob Newworth with him. He had, and of course, Scarlett Rivera on violin that just really took this live recording over the top. Her violin is so incredible, adding such passion, such drama, cutting through just so many songs. And Dylan's at his peak. Dylan Rolling Thunder Review, definitely a great album. And so is it my third choice, Stones. 
get your yayas out. I mean, I know Stone's got a bunch of live albums, but this one was kind of, you know, that 60s, really raw stuff that they were doing at Madison Square Garden, a great, great live recording. Number four, you can't have an all-time best record without the bands, The Last Waltz. It's such a celebration record. There's so much joy in it. There's so much happiness in it. There's so much tribute in it. You've got, you know, Muddy Waters out there. you got Clapton out there, Neil Young, and of course, Dylan, the Dylan set, Van Morrison, even Neil Diamond does a great uh, song or two. The band, The Last Waltz, such a great recording. Number five, my last one, I'm going to leave you with kind of a, a wild card, and that's Jay Giles' band, Full House. The Jay Giles' band just ripped it on that record, just paying tribute and laying it down to great R&B legends like John Lee Hooker. Their version of Serve You Right to Suffer is dirty. I mean, I love, love, love that that live album, Jay Giles Band Full House. Even Blow Your Face Out, their other live album is such a great live album. So there you go. There's your top five live albums in my world. Let me hear yours. Give them to me. Give it to me straight. Hit me with it. Info at rocktalkstudio.com. Let me know your favorite live records. When we come back, we're going to do the encore for the show. That's coming up next. What happens when you follow or subscribe to the Rock Talk Studio or leave a five-star review? Well, the reasons why I do this is because I love talking about rock and roll. I love talking about the art form of rock and roll, the conversation about it, and the community around it in the music. And I want that music to thrive, and I want that conversation to thrive. So first of all, to anyone who's left a review or a compliment of five stars, thank you. I really appreciate you doing that. It does mean a lot. Another great way to support the show really is just to tell someone about it. If you've got a rock and roll fan or friend who you think would find value from these shows, just let them know. That's the best thing that you can do for me, for this show, and for this community. Again, thanks, everybody. I really appreciate the support. Encore time. Let's take a look at just one more thing I want to suggest you check out. If you're into the Allman Brothers Band, there are a few things out there, but I'm going to go with this one because it features my favorite band of, let's say, the last 10 or 15 years, and that's the Tedeschi Trucks Band and the album that they did of Layla Revisited. It's a live show, live at Lock-In Festival. It was uh, 2019, and this recording with the great Tedeschi Trucks Band and two great guitarists were joining them. It was Trey Anastasio from Fish and Doyle Brambles II, who has been a part of Clapton's band on and off for over 20, 20 years. And the live album is their run-through of Layla, and other assorted love songs in the in, in its entirety. It's a tremendous performance all the way around. Susan's voice has never sounded better, and Derek and Trey trading solos is spine-tingling. The performance was filmed, so you can catch a bunch of it on YouTube, but the album recording gets a strong recommendation, and it's today's encore. Check it out. Thanks for tuning in. Love talking rock and roll and appreciate anyone who takes a few minutes out of their day to enjoy the ride with me. Remember, you can find other and future episodes at rocktalkstudio.buzzsprout.com. All right, tear it down, pack it up and head on down the road. We'll see you next time in the Rock Talk Studio.